I want to tell you a story of how, how God sees forgiveness. It's found in Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 23. I'll be reading in the ESV. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. 10,000 talents. A, a talent is 20 years' wages. 10,000 talents is 200,000 years of wages. 200,000 years of wages for a servant. This is what this man owed his king. Since he could not pay, the master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. Was he telling the truth? Probably not. 200,000 years of wages. Nonetheless, out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. 100 denarii, a denario is one day's wage. So we think of this, we've heard that this is just five or ten dollars. It's not five or ten dollars, it's a day's wage, 100 days wage, three months of your salary. I would consider that a debt. That is not a debt you can forget. If you can do without a third of your salary, you're in a special class of people. Most people would like to have a third of their salary repaid to them. And this man was no different. He began seizing him. He began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. You notice there was some emotion involved in this debt. There is something about this debt that made him so angry he was choking the man. Somehow he felt devalued because of what this man had done to him. The servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers. Actually, in the Greek, it's not jailers, it's torturers, Our Versions sort of make it a little nicer. Until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you 
if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Now, historically, when I read that, this is the way I think about it. I think, okay, this guy had 200,000 years of wages of debt. I don't know what kind of mismanagement he was doing. I don't know how he racked up such a large debt, but I can't relate to that. That is not me. That is someone in a certain class that needs correction. And since I can't really relate to 200,000 years of debt, I'm not so sure I need to forgive the guy I'm angry with. Somehow we're able to sort of dismiss this as Jesus telling a story that is so exaggerated that it doesn't really fit. At least it doesn't fit me. Maybe some real super sinners that would, that would fit, but not me. Go to the next page and read another parable. But it's interesting at the end of this, the last verse I just read said, So will my heavenly Father do to every one of you. In other words, Jesus is saying, This fits every one of you. So I think we need to look a little more carefully at how this might fit every one of us. And we're going to go back and talk about feelings. The reason I don't think it fits me is it doesn't feel like it fits me. My sins have been forgiven. That was years ago, and maybe I had a lot of sins forgiven when I first came to Christ. But I don't know that I rack up that many sins, and by the way, they're all forgiven. As far as the East is from the West, why, why would I even want to think about them? You see, Jesus is trying to draw our attention to something. He's actually trying to get us to see our sin the way God sees it. Jesus here is on earth. Jesus has come from his Father. Jesus knows how sin looks from heaven. And he's telling us this is how it looks. It's big. It's very, very big. And as I started thinking about this and meditating on it, I'm not meditating on my sin or what I've been forgiven for the purpose of feeling bad. I'm meditating on my sin because Jesus is drawing attention to it to say, that's what you've been forgiven. That's the gift that you've been given. I want you to feel it. If I can feel what I've been forgiven, perhaps it will be easier to feel less offended by what someone owes me. And that is the purpose of us taking a look at what we've been forgiven. Most of us have been taught, Jesus will forgive your sins, the gift is free, take it, it's yours. And we're happy to take that. But there's a verse in Matthew 6, 14 and 15 that says, if you forgive others their offenses against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you don't forgive, your heavenly Father won't forgive you. That's a hard verse. 
Essentially, it says that somehow, if you receive this forgiveness, and you just take it for yourself and put it in your pocket, and you have no intention of actually becoming like your father, you're just there for you, God sort of sees it as duplicity, hypocrisy, and he doesn't like it. He wants you to be like him. And if it helps you to focus a bit on what you have been forgiven so that you can be more like him, I would recommend it. Again, there are people that focus on their sin and they flagellate themselves and they try to feel really bad because they think God wants us to feel bad and our feelings, again, sort of pay the penalty for our sin. That's not what I'm saying. He has paid the penalty, but it's not trivial. It costs Jesus a lot to pay for your sin and for mine. And he's saying here, he wants you to notice. I'll give you an example. As I was thinking through some of the things that I have done in the past, when I was eight or ten years old on the school bus, I thought it was funny to tease one of the older girls who was a bit chubby. I thought it was hilarious. She would chase me around and smack me, and I thought it was a great fun game that we were playing until she stopped riding the school bus. And I felt a little bad about that, but honestly, I hadn't thought about that incident until I started looking at this parable, saying, well, what kind of sin have I been forgiven for? You see, it's one thing for a parent to see their child lie to them. It hurts the parent. The parent sees that this is not going to go well for you. It, it costs the parent something when the child sins against them. But when their child hurts another child, that costs even more. And I was wondering what it cost the girl's mother to drive her to school after that because she couldn't ride the bus anymore. And I know that at least one of her sisters had an, has an eating disorder. I wonder if that was sort of fallout from my little sin. You see, I was sinning. I was not representing my father when I was doing that. That's what sin is. Sin is not representing the kingdom of heaven. In fact, I was representing the kingdom of Satan. I was representing the kingdom of evil when I was teasing this girl, having fun at her expense. And while I can go on and on about why that might have happened, I wasn't getting attention at home or didn't know better, that was sin. And that was costly to the girl and to my father. And he comes along and he says, I will pay for that. You don't owe her anything. Since then I had located her and at least sent her an email and apologized. I didn't hear anything back. But I've done my best to do what I could do to make up for something decades ago. Did that really help? 
Maybe, maybe not, but the damage was done. And God is saying to us, I will pay that debt. You owe that woman a debt. You owe her parents a debt. You owe her sisters a debt. Maybe she had some difficult relationships of self-image problems after that. God says, I'm covering your debts, David. I'm covering your debts. And that's just one three-week period of my life as an eight-year-old. I can see how I could rack up 200,000 years worth of sin. It's because it's not just one person. I've got the girl, I've got her mother, I've got her sisters, and so do you. So do you. Especially in childhood and in adolescence. I want you to take some time now and I want you to think of the debt that you have accumulated and what has been forgiven you. And as you focus on that, it's not for the purpose of feeling bad, it's for the purpose of appreciation and gratitude to God that he's so big that he can cover that. I'm no longer responsible. I don't have to continue to hope that she forgives me because God has forgiven me. It's over. But in this parable, Jesus is saying, do you, did you notice how much it cost? Did you notice the cost? Again, we're back to economic terms. We could add up the gas cost for her to drive to school. We could add up her cost for having therapy later in life. We could add up. It's costly when we sin against people. And because we don't feel it, we don't think it's worth much. And so we don't see us as 10,000 talent sinners. All we feel and see is the person who owes us three months' wages. And I want to take some time now, and I want us to focus on looking at our debt honestly and starting to nurture, cultivate appreciation for the kind of God that would come down here, live a perfect life, and die for your sin. 10,000 talents worth, 200,000 years worth of your sin, because your sin has also cascaded through generations. And your parents' sin, and your grandparents' sin, that has affected you. And God comes along and says, I want you to forgive all of that, because I am forgiving all of your sin. And the sin against you that you feel is so much less. You feel like it's so much greater, but actually in God's eyes, it's so much less than what you've been forgiven. I want you to focus on this. And what we focus on changes our feelings. And I want us to focus from God's point of view what forgiveness of sin cost, what good debt, bad debt, and 10,000 talents worth of debt is worth. And I will add one thing here at the end. It says he will hand you over to the torturers. I don't think that's an error because unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment is torture. You are hijacked. I, 
when someone owes me something, when someone has offended me, I think about them all the time. I can't get this out of my mind. I ruminate. I review that offense. It keeps fresh in my mind. It actually hijacks my life. It steals my joy. That's torture. Anything that steals your joy is torture. And we need to cancel these debts. We need to cut, it, cut them loose. We need to let them go. Let's take some time right now. Let's talk among ourselves about our debt. Or maybe we could even, for some of us, just sit in silence and start to say, God, would you show me, give me an appreciation of what it has cost you to forgive my debt. Because I want to be so full of love, so full of gratitude, that it's going to make me forgiving what these people have done to me. It's going to make it a lot easier for me. So fill me with a realization of my debt. Let's talk now, or let's uh, just take some, some silence.